this isn't that. as good, but remember that movie, Bad Teacher? Yes. The mm-hmm. main character's yes. name is Jamie Halsey. Oh, really? No kidding. Yeah. Whoa. Is it Cameron well, Diaz? But no, like, maybe it's Mrs. Halsey. Ms. Halsey. Is it Jamie Halsey? Halsey? Maybe it's just Ms. Halsey. That's right. IMDb. Either way. Let's see. It's, yeah, it's Halsey. It's so. That's awesome. There you go. The, I mean, the bar is on the floor there. I had a friend whose name was John Tucker. And there was a movie called John Tucker Must Die. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that. not great. About all the ex-girlfriends oh, yeah. who get together and gang yeah. up. Elizabeth so, uh, Halsey. Oh, Elizabeth Halsey. That's right. But it is Halsey spelled the same way. Welcome to Rebel Teacher Alliance, the podcast where teachers rethink student engagement with Jamie Halsey, Fabian Hoffman, and Scott Kazarian. Greeting, fair listeners of the Rebel Teacher Alliance podcast. It is our grand pleasure to welcome John Meehan to our humble stage. A learned educator, author, and co-founder of emc2learning.com, he hath authored the tome Adrenaline Rush and co-authored Fully Engaged with Michael Matera. Verily, John is no stranger to our ears, having graced us with his presence on four prior occasions. Hailing from the fair state of New Jersey, in his leisure, he doth partake in the sport of marathon running and recently completed the Run Disney Marathon in Florida. John's passion for student engagement and changing the game of school every day is matched by none. Let us begin and hear his wisdom and experiences. <laughs> Woo! Hey everybody, we're here. We're just jumping in. Let's I mean, go. I don't even know what happened, woo! but that was amazing. So, Fabian, This is what happens yeah, when you give ChatGPT um, a little bit of information about our guest and then say, write it in Shakespearean English. There you go. Had you read that yeah. before? He's been that was the first time. Day. Wow, yeah, I don't believe yes. that at all. Well, I, Dude, I, I studied English literature, and I had a focus on Shakespeare. So please, leave me alone, wow. okay? Well, I'm going to sit, wow, sit back Wow, a little down. defensive today. And he went to those European schools that are real ones. Yeah. So you know that he like, is legit. So if you yeah, weren't paying attention to whatever that just was, we have John Meehan here today. It's very exciting to have him back. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people just automatically tune out when they hear Shakespeare in English, right? It's like... Mm-hmm. I think it was like the third dog. That that not I our listeners. Yeah. No. Absolutely not. not. The rebels are, are right on top of us. it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've been as we get started. I actually had a chance about three weeks ago. I had a chance to see a, a theater company called the. We have this right. The Drunk Shakespeare Society. I think that's oh. what they call it. And it is exactly what it sounds like. They rip off like six shots before the show starts, and then they do like an hour-long version of your favorite Shakespeare play. And are you saying Fabian yeah, kind of sounds like else, a drunk so. Shakespearean something? Yeah, possible. Man, he would, he would be a headliner. He would be fantastic. Thank you. So Thank you. It, it was a joy to hang out with you guys. I'm, I'm grateful to be here. <laughs> We're so excited to have I you I think back. our listeners need to see a printout of that. Like, maybe we could put that in the show notes. Well, I, I'm not sure oh, it's yeah, even clear what just that, happened yeah. right now. So Fabian has spent the yeah. last, like, 36 hours on ChatGPT. Uh, Pretty much. Looking up. Much. Uh, you, what was the prompt you said to them? What, what, what did you tell um, to it? Whatever we want to call it. So I, uh, him. Him. We call him a yes. him now. George. Yes. Paul. What do we um, call him, Bill? I don't know. Hal. Cat. Let's call him Hal. No. Um, no, all I did was I just wrote, write an introduction for a guest on the podcast, Rebel Teacher Alliance, and then I gave like some background information. Um, and that is what came out. Wow. So it was like a little paragraph that I wrote with the information I wanted included. And then I just said, write it in Shakespearean English. And it did. Oh, you wrote the paragraph, and then it translated it. 
How? Well, it was there was no like rhyme or reason. Uh, I just like threw stuff in there that it. I wanted it to include. Uh, I was and gonna then, say, how did ChatGPT knew he runs marathons at Disney? That was pretty impressive. I thought there was something I think in the first version that I had where I was like, huh, there. It's like some information came from the internet. I think because I didn't give him that information. Now the the so, fun uh, part will be everybody who's listening go back and try to figure out what was internet based. It was not well. We have uh, so we. It's very exciting as as this goes on because we have what what could only be the first director of artificial intelligence that I know of or I've ever heard of in our midst, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I I was saying before we went on the air, I I work uh, full time for EMC Two Learning, where Michael Batera and I uh, do the work. You guys are always you know such big supporters, and we're very grateful. Wait, for, what is um, that? What is know, yes. EMC Two Learning? That's um, Einstein. The coolest community around. I love Michael. how I you always comment on anything anybody posts on Twitter about EMC Two Learning. You're always like, yeah, you go <laughs> get it. You're like the best cheerleader. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> guy. I believe I in you. Uh-huh. You got this. I, that's get what this. it feels like. Uh, and I'm actually, it's actually me. It's not ChatGPT. Yeah. I should audit yeah. it. Oh, you Maybe should. You could save me hours, hours. Um, no, but like I, um, I, I geek out and I spend full time. Like they say, you work for the man, you work nine to five, right? You work for yourself, you work twenty four seven. So since I guess June, I moved to working for us full time. We talked about that last time I was on the pod. Um, very grateful, you know, humbling, sad, scared, all of the things. Um, but uh, an opportunity rose uh, a few months into my, I won't say sabbatical, but my transition, um, where the good people from uh, the county near, nearby where I work, I've been doing some consulting with them for the better part of the last two or three years, kind of behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what would it take to bring you in? And I was like, talk to me, make me an offer and see what would come up. And it wasn't about the money because in truth, like you don't get into teaching to make money. So to, yeah. to try to like, take on a second teaching job to, to make more money is, is, is foolish. But like, you know, I'm, I turned 40 in November. Hey, um, I, I, Welcome. Hey, oh, I know you can see it from my hairdo. I mean, I, thank God it's on, not on video. People can, you, straight hairdo. can I, can I ask you a personal question? Do you, um, like, uh, all we ever do. put some in your beard to keep it as uh, nice and no, no? all natural, baby. Wow. I got okay. nothing up top, but I got this beautiful brown luscious full beard. That is, is interesting. Great. Okay. Um, good to know. Right. That wasn't in the chat. I have my mom's height, my dad's hairdo. So it worked my, out. My sides. beard just turned white at some point. You look dashing. Thank you. If I must say, thank I was going to say, I was going to comment on your hair. Your hair looks at this point, listen, if you're um, thinking this is a very unique podcast, yeah, it, it is. This episode is <laughs> going to be quite something. This is yeah. where it's going. Uh, this is, no, this mean, is so the direction I started working taking. for us full time, um, and then uh, we're not cutting this nope. out either. Please, um, so I started working for us full time, and then the county near to me said um, we'd be interested in bringing you in. And I said, you know, I'm getting old. Like I'm, I'm 40, and I know you're only as old as you feel. But I broke my foot in in June, and it was pretty scary. Yeah. Um, and I was laid up for a long time, and I had to think about intentionality about what I'm doing, and you know. You only get so many laps around the sun. And uh, when I, they came back with a proposal, they're like, look, it'd be a part-time position where you're working for us, 0.5. Um, and you saw the chance to, to work for you full-time. It would end our consulting agreement with me working with and for them. But it would give me the opportunity to almost work as an artist in residence. And the official title has a bunch of different things. But basically, I'm a teacher support where I am our, our county's director of, and it was really cool when they, they, they pitched it. they like, You'll be in charge of gamification, innovation, and uh, most recently, uh, artificial intelligence. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. That's that actually so the best uh, title ever. The... I, I think we could all get yeah. on board. Right. I, I would love that position. I mean, dress for the job you want. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know how I kind of I tricked my, I, you know, like the Dilbert principle or something. I fell upwards, but like <laughs> I, I get paid to talk to people about how to, how to play with toys. Well, I know how you got um, there. You say things like we only get so many trips around the sun. Like I got fired from a job once and I wish you were next to me because you would have like reworded it to make it sound like I was free to live the rest of my life. And you just, you just got it. Your ability to connect it, with people and use words and then like, yeah. Well, I, I have spent, you know, funny, a funny self-deprecating story and then a funny uh, lighthearted one. So the self-deprecating one is self-deprecating. I spent a lot of time in therapy and, I spent a lot of time in therapy, like spent four or five years in therapy. I've been very open about that stuff. Um, and I think when your life kind of falls apart and it, it breaks down, you have a chance to, Michael actually gave me the information. He, he sent me a beautiful text message. It was right when we were starting working together, kind of behind the scenes. He's like, being a person of faith, you know, you can use the metaphor of a stained glass speaker and like recognize the beauty and light that shines through it. But these are all shattered pieces that have been artfully placed. Like when you put your pieces back together, be aware of how it all is configured and you put in the ones that make sense for you and you leave out the ones that don't. And so I've been very blessed to to really have, you know, again, time. Time is the big one. A supportive family, great mental health system in place, uh, you know, fantastic counselors. Um, and that, that worked out really well for me. So I do try to look on the bright side of stuff because most everything is an inconvenience or a frustration. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, but I will say that Michael and I often joke that, you know, in working together, we wrote fully engaged and we would be on a conference call for like three hours and I'm just typing like a madman while Michael's bouncing ideas off me. And because I, I do have a way with words, I wrote 90% of the typed words in that book come directly from my fingertips, mostly from his brain and our conversations, but it's me doing the typing. But the best, the very best lines of that book, like the one that gets quoted all the time, says, when a person is captivated, they don't have to be held captive. That is all Matera. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> he came in the other day, he, he, dro- he dropped on me. He says, you know, we spent all this time like focusing on data-driven. It's the new year and we're going to focus on data and focus on data. We've been doing that focus every year. People say, I'm going to focus on data. Let me ask you a question. Has that trade-off ever paid off? I'm like, wow. you sweet son of a bitch. <laughs> wow. That's so beautiful. I can't touch that. So I'm very, very grateful um, to work with Michael and have a great system in place. But every time I think I'm close... This reminds me how far I am from actually reaching the mountaintop. So yeah. stay humble, kid, right? Uh, I love was that, that the story. self-deprecating or was that the anecdotal I was lost? I was Unclear. It's Whatever. both. It's it's all the I, at <laughs> some point, I just heard Matera and I was like, oh, yeah, no, that, that thing again. Um, <laughs> so you've been, I mean, we've been playing around with ChatGPT. Let's just bring it to our topic, right? Um, we've been playing with ChatGPT um, for a while now, like ever since it like really was announced. And Jamie has used it in her class. Um, I've played around with it. I found, I think, the best version of it uh, is an AI Drake song recently. So you just, you just enter your song idea and then uh, it just generates a random Drake song with beats and Drake singing. And I like that. as a kicker, it also creates a video of like there's a head of there's Drake Drake's head and the lips are moving. Like I mean, wow. I think we I think we got it. I think can you we put that link in the show notes? Yeah, I will. It's called it's called D R A Y K dot I T. So Drake it. So I'll put that in the show notes. Of course it is. It is ridiculous. Not. It's hilarious. But it kind of like like we can retire now. This is all we needed, right? We needed just a, a Drake it. And then now we don't have to do anything. So to be right? clear, this week has fulfilled, has been you coming up with intro lines to the pod for yes. John and Drake it. Playing that's, with Drake that's it. That's pretty much the summary yes. of your week so and far. Hotline bling. Perfect. <laughs> that's that's how Fabian uses I... chat GPT. 
Yeah. So no, I've been using it in my classroom too. Um, I just got, uh, I just redesigned my my lesson structure, and one of the things that I want to have in there is more uh, random historical facts um, that are like seventh grade interesting uh, about the unit that I'm teaching. So I got a bunch of those. So it's like already I'm using it as a tool for ideas. Um, and I'm also using it for uh, writing prompts because I need 10 minutes each class where I can conference with students and I have them busy while I'm conferencing. And so I just like put in a bunch of stuff. So that, that's how I'm using it right now. Jamie has been using it. Can you, can you fill us in what you were doing lately? Yeah, so my class has been focusing on text structure and trying to come up with the main idea based on the text structure of like a nonfiction passage. And so I would just pick a topic and then have it right in these different structures. And then mm -hmm. as a class, we would dissect it. And um, it's been just, it's just saved me a ton of time. Um, yeah. And that's, that's like the biggest use that I see for it in the short term. But I think what I'm really interested in is getting students to use it. Um, because it, I think it's such a, it has the potential to be really powerful and just like the calculator kind of changed the math classroom and not in a bad way, in a good way, um, or Chromebooks yep. changed the classroom. I think this is kind of the same thing. And so maybe John, you could talk about, since you've been kind you've been at the forefront of this, you've been really thinking about it. And then now that you've gone to, uh, what was it? FTC? No, what is it? FETC? FETC, yeah. Future of Education. Yeah, so maybe you um, could oh. talk about like maybe what you're seeing right now and maybe some innovative ways to use it. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys, first of all, having me on. Um, you're welcome. And uh, in the work I'm doing with the county, uh, you know, they've said like, we're not paying you to uh, stop there. We're not paying you. Uh, no, we're, we're not paying you to, to be the expert here, right? We're paying you to spend the time learning and like ideating and i think this is really important because this we're recording today it's like, what 31st of january yeah chat gpt as of today is like two months and one day old um i i if you are listening to this podcast and this is the first time you're hearing it like you are not behind at all yeah, a little um, bit. like two months but very quickly not that much yeah but two months one day. but like life life moves really fast especially in the tech space um, so i've had a chance to attend the, the fetc conference they, they build themselves as the future of education technology. Um, in truth, like the conference was a legacy conference called the Florida Education Technology Conference years and years ago. And then they made a pivot. Smart, see? Tech moves fast. Yeah. So they could broaden their appeal. Um, so I had a chance to head down there again. Uh, been there four or five times. And um, my school was in New Orleans this year. It wasn't as big uh, because it's still recovering with the pandemic and it was out of state. Uh, typically, a lot of the educators who were most involved with it were in Florida. But I mean... If the word chat GPT was a drinking game, like we would have all been blind and blottoed <laughs> by like the first day in, right? Like every, every session, every keynote, every breakout. Um, and I think this is important because like when you pitch for conferences, like when you put in for them, they have their people they reach out to first that they wanted as like their featured or their keynotes. Mm -hmm. Then from there, they have like the open call for proposals. All of that stuff closed in like May. May of 2022, oh, wow. they're drafting for this conference eight months before. Yeah. So what happens is they have a parking lot of speakers in reserve. So you bring in like um, Ken Sheldon, for example. He's, he's amazing. Matt Miller, you know, ditch that textbook. And they just said, hey, guys, hold tight because we're going to use you for a bunch of sessions, but you're sort of a utility player. We don't really know how it's going to fit in. And, of course, they're going to do the ones that align to their books and their publications, their research. 
But session after session after session was just loaded up with bang, 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 all the ways that ChatGPT is changing education. And as a frame of reference, this stuff is out November 30. Most of us are on a Thanksgiving holiday. There's like two or three weeks where we're back in schools, but not really. Then two or three weeks we're on vacation with our families. And then I'm in Florida, like a week later. I mean, it moves that fast. Yeah. So the life cycle adoption has been, you know, really staggering. Um, and having been at FETC a number of times, I've never before experienced it that there's like, Jim, you hit it really on the head, that that watershed moment where like a calculator for the math classes. Um, so if you're brand new to hearing it, you know, this is your first time having these conversations, like you're not too far behind on it, but these conversations are big and they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Chat GPT right now um, is, is being positioned as a, a very real possible competitor to Google. Um, it's valued at like 30 billion with a B dollars. Microsoft just invest, invested $10 billion with a B to um, really uh, put it, put, put some fuel on the I fire. I think, didn't they embed uh, it in Canva? Back. Isn't that, because isn't, it is in Canva um, right now. Yeah, so I don't know if it's chat GPT, right. if it's exact same product, but they do have an AI in that, right? Yeah, so if you're using Canva, there's a tool called Magic Write. Um, and we can talk about some of those awesome tools because while it's not an open source technology, it does play well with other uh, apps and third-party kind of plugins. Um, and that to me is super duper exciting because I mean, first of all, it shows how foolish or short-sighted it is to try to block this oh, stuff yeah. um, no kidding. for a lot of reasons <laughs> um, because it's everywhere. It, it's, 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 it's like trying to find that person who was using spell check. There is no way. But to what's interesting, and even though like seventh graders have no idea, like we, cause we, my friend Eric and I, we, we've been talking about it. We were like letting the kids know and they were like, what, what is this? So seventh grade has, it hasn't reached them yet. So I think that um, having teachers like kind of like, be there first before their students. You can kind of like take a lot of fears out of teachers' um, uh, a consciousness and be like, you know what? It's really not that bad. You just need, I don't know how to use it and then be smart about how you're using it, right? So yeah, I it's, mean, it's that I, new. I think Fabian, one of the things that was most, I guess, if you have a problem with ChatGPT, there's a lot of there's a lot of hills to die on in education, a lot of things to have problems with. Yeah. I am more of the beg forgiveness than ask for permission type, typically. Um, and, and that's how you live on that space where you innovate, you just try stuff. And if you have a supportive admin team, it's amazing because you're like, look, just run. If you fall down, we'll pick you up. You need, you need that sort of support, people who believe in you. Yeah. Um, but, but it does capture student data, right? It has to have a login with Google. Um, and so there are security issues. I mean, if a child's logging in and asking questions about like, while it won't build bombs or weapons for you, you may ask questions about suicide, self-harm and things like that. That data is being captured in, into this big old, you know, computer brain, and/or the information that it could be accessing that may not be age-appropriate, sex, violence, things like that. So, to say nothing of your data being captured inside of the site and, and shared out, yeah. even though it is with a Google login. So, I think the biggest gripe that I find is a legitimate one that needs to be addressed is if you're working with middle schoolers, high schoolers, even an awareness that we are the grown-ups who have access to grown-up things, but they are kids with access to things yeah, that are age-appropriate for them. <laughs> right. But 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 saying that, like kids are not supposed to play Grand Theft Auto, and we all know yeah. when that happens too, right? Like um and I think that a lot of it is I mean, it's just it is terrifying in the best way possible about how much can now be done. So um for your listeners, I mean like I know you guys, because you are in this bleeding edge of the Rebel Alliance, like what ends up happening is there is a self-selecting group who who seeks out this stuff and they would want to be in this podcast and in this oeuvre, but like 
the smartest thing you can do, Jamie, you kind of said it, is like get all those heads in a room and say, the only non-negotiable here is we can't ban this thing. So let's talk about everything else that this could be. Let's come up with a big board of 30 ideas, 40 ideas, 100 yeah. ideas. And the answer is yes, because the smartest person in the room really does become the room. Well, they yeah. could try to ban it. it. Like So like Hawaii has already, or the DOE has already nixed it. You can't get on it on, on a school it. network Great. system, which for me isn't that big a deal. I just turn on my, my hotspot and then I'm good to go. And actually right. most of what I use it for directly with students is typically – me controlling it, <clears throat> but getting my the input from my students. So, for instance, mm-hmm. today we were looking at uh, the alphabet, the Hawaiian alphabet, like this first document in 1822 of the first like written Hawaiian language because Americans made American missionaries wrote the language for Hawaiian. It wasn't written down; it was all oral tradition before that, oral verbal. And so, I just said, "What are you curious about? What questions do you have?" What do you observe, right? And then they're trying they're trying to come up with questions, but they were having a hard time not only just coming up with questions, but then like answering those questions. And so we were able to do that yeah. together. And that felt I, I didn't even tell them it was Chat GPT. We were just doing it as a and they were we were using it as a resource as opposed to being like, Hey, I'm I'm doing this with you. I'll try not to make it too big. Yeah. I mean I think it's ultimately as scary as you want it to be. Now, like I said, it is terrifying in its breath. Uh, I mean, like I say that as somebody who, you know, I write, I write books. I, I'm still very impressed with the about of writing that it does and, and the caliber and the quality of. So as a teacher, you know, the very basic, like, can it write your sub plans for you? Yup. Can it write your multiple choice questions? You betcha. Can it grade student essays? 100%. Give itemized feedback so you're not giving letter grades, but three lists of pros and three lists of cons that each piece of written content does well. Yep, all of those things. IEP goals, differentiation, scaffolding, end of unit assessment ideas. Yes, 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 yes. And for a lot of teachers who are siloed, and I'm not trying to pick on uh, anyone. I'm not trying to teacher shame here. I'm just trying to like you know broaden the conversation. I have worked in a school where I am that singleton who is the only teacher of ninth grade world literature or something like that. It is a lonely space, especially as Twitter dries up, right? Like those chances to connect and find our our tribe to, to speak yeah, a language well, that is very familiar. You know, that's hey, that's two references so far. If you keep track, people, I've heard oh, two already. Yeah, I, it's good. Wow, yeah, it's guys. good. Wow. You're awesome. Um, but like you know, I mean, like as you try to find those people who are like minded and run with you, right? Like you want to be in a space where you have a sounding board of equals. So as Michael and I were preparing for this pitch fest that we delivered at FETC, like. I don't know anybody who's a multimillionaire who owns like a, a big Shark Tank size company. So I just asked ChatGPT, like, pretend I just pitched to you an idea for a startup company called EMC2 Learning, Engagement at the Speed of Life, um, that specializes in gamification, gameful design, playful pedagogy for teachers uh, and resources. And hit me with a bunch of questions that um, you would answer it back. It does. And then I said, now do those same questions in the style of, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. And now it's more cutting and more acerbic. And it's like, now do it again, but this time it's Lori Grenier. And it's like, I'm getting all these perspectives mm-hmm. and I would have never thought because I don't know those people. I don't have access to those conduits, but immediately my world gets bigger because the tech is more accessible. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. you're right on the money, like giving yourself the chance to sit in that driver's seat with your kids and the passengers firmly, like safely that you're there taking them on that ride. I also used yeah. it for a PD. I was, uh, I needed to come up with some questions for a lesson 
uh, that that were related directly to project-based learning because that was what the PD was on. And but because my lessons are very unique in Hawaiian history and things like that, I mean, it's just not. I just needed a couple, and I was like, "Hey, I know where I'm going to go." Yeah, and uh, it came up with. I mean, it conference proposal. It was writing 10, 10 to fifteen questions. I was like, "No, no, two is good, dude. I'm good. I'm good." <laughs> you know, the first two were wonderful. <laughs> so, well, I mean, like it becomes an accessibility issue because, like, you know, students like myself who ADD, I'm bouncing off the walls all the time. What? I have a hard time focusing. I go crazy, right? But like you're writing a long session proposal for a conference and they're like, write down four deliverables that a teacher will walk away with. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, they'll have fun. They'll like it. Like, <laughs> and I just put in and you say, generate four deliverables. And like in that moment as an educator, I would feel comfortable if a student were to pass that in for me because I'm not really asking for the quality and caliber of their writing there. Yeah. I just need them to prove that they understand that these are takeaway points, right? It's not graded on their, their ability to be so prosaic. It's just, can you get the facts in? And of course, I use my my big boy brain and I look at it and I say, yes, yes, no, 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 no. Yeah, like that's that's what we want to train our you know our young. Well, not only do. that, you have to have a little bit of background knowledge to be able to generate an answer that is really apropos to the question. So, yeah. um, you know, I I think you know as scary as it sounds for students to use or whatever cheat in a certain way. I mean, you're really just going if they don't know the right question or how to reframe it you're just going to get kind of a general answer anyway so yeah. it's the same as google translate as yeah. wikipedia where you yeah. get the links still in there or like hola me llamo es juan <laughs> but like they don't actually have the the like the the confidence in the way that they're saying it and when you tell them all right now close the screen and read back to me what you just wrote like it's very very clear it takes four extra seconds and my frustration to call a spade a spade is that we're spending so much time building these invisible infrastructures to use the tech to catch kids oh, who are exactly. cheating. Yeah. But like, what you're doing is saying, we don't hit people in this house, and you turn around smacking yeah. kids because you're using technology to catch kids who've used technology. Like, instead of trying to catch kids and building a system where it's adversarial, let's build that relationship that is curious and build that relationship that is communal and collegial and say, I'm gonna design an assessment that you wouldn't want to cheat on. And, and you, you couldn't, couldn't do it, it right? Yeah. Like, for example, like, you know, just an EMC2 resource, you know, your little Amazon um, maker sp or makerspace or, or marketplace. Yep. Um, I'm sorry know. she called it little. It's, it's yeah, I know. I, I know. It was like a That's big, I know, title. it was a big project. <laughs> But so. there's no way. There's the amazing marketplace amazing, patent yeah. pending. So, um, <laughs> but you, the chat GPT couldn't write that. They yeah. couldn't nope. do that. So, you know, again, like, I think it's about, um, you know, using it as a tool. And then the product that you're expecting from the kids is something that they personally have to come up with and tie it to yeah. their own um, learning or their own experience. David, I've seen you trying to die to get in on a conversation, so I want to throw to you in a second. No, but I wanted to say in a second. That. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> like, what you said is like we're trying to we're trying to put the process over the product, and I think we, we we have to be very intentional as teachers to recognize that the product should be in the second place. The process needs to come first. Show your work. Why did you say what you said? Defend it. I always say like when the kids have a debate, I don't care what answer they picked. I want to know why they picked it. That metacognitive piece is so huge and like you can use technology for good or for ill the, the, the keynote said something like i've seen somebody on the cell phone make a million dollar deal or lose a million dollar deal the fault isn't in the phone the fault is in the user and giving occasion for that to make its way into our classroom is very very empowering 
But Fabian, I totally cut and, you off, man. And, I, and we'll I get think, you in a second. So, but it, oh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, no. What what it reminds me of is like remember when when people started doing like Google Forms and as like quizzes, and then um, people are like, but they they can cheat, right? And it's like this the same the same discussion. It's like yeah, create an assignment where they cannot cheat. That cannot be Googled. And it's with, with this, what I'm noticing is like playing with it to, in order to get like the really good results, it takes time. You got to learn how to use ChatGPT to, to get like really good stuff. You got to, sometimes you got to like the blurb that I wrote at for, for you as an introduction, I had to know stuff about you. I had to like really write like at least a good 10 sentences to get that Shakespeare thing out of it. And it's just like the practice that you have to put in. And, um, and I think the, the, the fear that teachers have is that students can just log in and, and do like, turn these amazing things in. And it's like, you will never know, but you, you'll know, like when you just write, like, give me the Hawaiian alphabet and a little bit of history, it's going to give you a little bit of a blurb, but it doesn't give you a full paper, right? So you got to direct it. And there's lots of tools out there, lots of, um, people out there that already like, identified like what are the different sentence structures that you need to have to kind of limit and to expand what ChatGPT can throw at you. So it's a it's a really great opportunity for us as teachers to get in on the ground floor with our students together and and learn with them and grow with them and and teach them how to use it, but also see the pitfalls that can come with it. Okay. So, so I got a I got a couple things. One would yeah. be Fabian and Jamie, I guess, director of AI too. But uh, all three of you, <laughs> uh, what, I'm going to use that a lot. It feels like I know somebody. Teacher resource, technically. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Teacher, Teacher resource, resource in the field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. doctor. Uh, I heard director. Okay. Um, how do we, so <laughs> how do we know that what we're, that we're, what's, what ChatGPT is doing is, how do we fact check? So I think that's like a that's one off the top of my head, mm -hmm. and then I think John, you might be able to speak to this because you uh, do think about it a lot. Like, okay, so we have in in a class that I don't teach, but another teacher teaches. It's it's let's write an argumentative essay, you know, five paragraph essay on um, on was the Hawaiian overthrow fair or unfair, right? And so a student a student puts that in. It puts together a five paragraph written at a seventh grade level. Um, and they turn that in, okay? How, how would you change that sort of a lesson or that sort of like a summative assignment to make it more classroom-friendly where now you're using ChatGPT as a resource, but you're also being able to see learning that students are doing rather than just producing a essay? Okay, so two things, fact check. Maybe we'll start with fact check. How about that? Anybody? Yeah, anybody. No, I was thinking, Fabian, you're, you're when you were saying, of AI, so. Fabian, when you said, like, hey, I'm looking up, what did you say you looked up earlier for uh, writing prompts? Like, uh, I think you said writing prompts, right? Yeah. But then, yeah. like, when we ask questions to ChatGPT, how does, how do we fact check that? So what, one thing that I've done that I've seen Perfect. already was, like, one, uh, I had it, what, what is it, seventh grade... I think I have it here. I asked it to write seventh grade world history facts. No, it's seventh grade. Here we go. I have it. I have it here. Focus the facts on ancient Rome. So I had it create facts about ancient Rome because that's my unit. And then one of the things that it wrote was um, Roman law was heavily influenced by the Greek philosopher Cicero and formed the basis for the legal systems of many modern countries. And 
if you know anything about about Cicero, you know he was a Roman, right? And then uh, I just wrote, better check the facts on Cicero, Cicero on this one. And then it was like, oh, I'm sorry for the mistake. <laughs> Here are some more facts. Of course he was not Greek. And so, so it's like, yeah, you got you got to read it. You can't just like had it let it bust it out. But I think the more you define it and the more you kind of like limit the amount of stuff it can just grab from wherever the better the results are going to be and yeah how do you fact check it well you can always just say i don't believe you about this and then it's going to be like oh but i'm right or it's going to say no actually you're you're right i made a mistake here i think that's one of the things fabian i knew you had had that issue so i thought it might be good i I was trying to set you up for a win there yeah, yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. I, 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 in a humanities class, one of the ones that I'm loving is um, generate your first draft essay. And like, this is the great equalizer, provided, again, if schools ban it, and I want to make it very clear, if schools ban it, that is so short-sighted because then students who have resources or have families who have resources yeah. will just access this stuff exactly. at home. And then you're just punishing the kids who don't have the fancy new technology that's on 3G or 4G or 5G. And while we're talking about 3G, 4G, or 5G, GPT-3 is where we are. GPT-4 is in development, and if this one can write a haiku in 10 seconds, the next one can write a novel in mm-hmm. four. Like, the speed of this will never slow down. For the average kid in your seventh grade who may not know about this yet, this is the oldest-fashioned, most quaint version of what artificial intelligence might look like. So mm-hmm. it's important to keep that in mind. Um, but an awesome iterative tool could be, we're going to assume that everyone now has a first draft essay. Go ahead and get the machine, write it. Take it and freeze it, and now make yourself um, track changes. So you have like comment access to your own essay and I want you to mark it up within an inch of its life. Where did this succeed? Where is it falling short? Tell me why. That's all metacognition. That is all higher order thinking skills. And there's no way that you can fake your way through that. One of the other things I love, um, and I know this is a chat GBT conversation, but OpenAI, the company who, who ultimately brought it to market, um, some months before chat GBT went live um, were the brains behind DALI, DALI 2. Oh, I use it all the time. Too. My kids do. We have some my own kids at home. We play with it all the time. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're oh, serious, yeah, 100%. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's the coolest thing. I mean, I'm not thing. normally um, serious, but in you. this case, I, I am serious. Yes. I know. And that's the, the, me, so is that the image. <laughs> that's the image generator. Yes. Yeah. Text okay. to image. Yeah. You, as specifically as you can get, it will put out a combination of four different pictures, and you can regenerate or choose one or whatever you want to do. Mm hmm. But I love that. I mean, Fabian, in your in your class, you can say, generate a picture of blah, 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 Cicero, blah, 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 in a steampunk style, blah, 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 blah. I mean, whatever you wanted to go with. Yeah. And then you just present those images to your students and you say, which of these four images do you think is the best representation of the type of leader, re- leader that Cicero aspired to be? That's a good one. And tell me why. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, And it, there's no way a machine could cheat on that, right? Because, again, we're putting the process and the metacognition in forward which informs the way that we're teaching. So the take-home essay becomes all the more a relic a thing of the past. Now, individual students are working on individual goal setting and individual targets and individual like work products to say, all right, we know everyone's going to come with a rough draft. We presume that rough draft is writable in a second. I need you to focus on complex compound sentences. I need you to focus on main ideas. I need you to focus on transitions. And then that's the drill down, drill down, drill down. We don't say that Mozart cheated with his music because he didn't sing it, mm. right? Like, I read a great book. Uh, it's called um, The Game Believes in You. 
How Digital Play Can Make Our Kids Smarter. It's by a man named Greg Tapo. He's an awesome journalist who was a national K-12 education reporter for USA Today for like forever. Could you say that um, one more time? Know, you were in such a speed mode, I, I missed part of it. Yeah, you got it. It's called The Game Believes in You. That's good. How Digital Play Can Make Our Kids Smarter. Um, and he, in his book, he you know, does a wide range of research. It was maybe 10 years old, the book is. But he says at one point, we only call it a technology for people who were born um, during its lifetime, mm. if it predates mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. it's a tool. Like the piano is a tool for us. We would never think to call a piano a tool. And I think that's really important. Calculator is, is a tool. It's not a technology. Um, the next generation of students, artificial intelligence is like auto-tune in music. It's there. Um, so I, I think that's, that's a part of it, Scott. And to your question directly, you know, designing those assessments that kids can't cheat on, you know, the fact-checking Fabian spoke to that pretty, pretty eloquently, but I think it's asking those types of questions that are ungoogleable, which forces us to, and if you're listening to this podcast right now, you are 15 years ahead of where the average bear will tap out. They will spend the rest of their career not knowing or not wanting to know what's behind door number two, right? But the keynote that I saw was just, it was great. Um, a guy who's a futurist. I want to know how I get that job. He's a futurist, which basically is you just make predictions. Yeah, and stuff. that's a cool job. Um, that's cool. But, his name is uh, Daniel Burris. Um, he's written a bunch was of books. Was he wearing glasses? He said, I feel like futurists wear like glasses. Natch. Natch like, he was. And the only other futurist I know is um, Buckminster Fuller, who is like the guy who built Spaceship Earth at Epcot. Uh-huh. So I'm pretty sure like futurist means quack. But <laughs> yeah, it's fine because great. he said, look, chat GPT will not replace humans. And I, it was so eloquent how he said it. He says, but it currently knows more than the best oncologist on the planet. So I'm going to present you with one of three choices. You are diagnosed with cancer. Do you want door number one, the world's best oncologist? Door number two, chat GPT. Door number three, a good oncologist who's not the world's best, who has access to chat GPT. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's a no brainer for me, right? Yeah. I want the person who can use the robot as the cobot, as a digital prosthetic. Yeah, I'm in. Um, so creating occasion for, for that to be how we embrace and how we train and how we support our learners in the classroom then it's like, hey, this is a funky-looking AI-generated picture. Because when you look at those pictures on Dali, the faces are blurry and the fingers don't match, right? Yeah. It's not perfect. There's something that's still not quite Maybe human, you're not detailed enough those... in your text. Mine aren't blurred. No, I'm just kidding. They, they totally are. Yeah, they, they really are blurred sometimes. They all get mixed up sometimes. It's all funny. But if I could pivot for a second, because I, I have a really cool thing I wanted to show for, for Fabian. It's right up your alley. Jamie, too. Great, uh, me too. Awesome. Great, I'm really yeah, sorry, this Scott. segment. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Don't worry, hey, don't worry, Scarecrow. I got something in the back here for you, Dorothy. Awesome. Um, but um, I saw Adam Bello, who uh, one of the co-founders of Breakout Edu, mm-hmm. who's on uh, the main stage presentation, and he was using ChatGPT modded off of what he saw someone do online. So he typed, "quote You are a text-based role-playing game where you give me options A, B, C, and D as my choices. The setting is the world of Star Wars. I start out with 100 health, and it says." Welcome to the world of Star Wars. You have 100 health. You find yourself on the planet of Tatooine, standing amidst the burnt, bustling marketplace on Mos Eisley. You see four options in front of you. Which option do you choose? And it goes A, B, C, and D. Like, if you're looking for that five-minute, ten-minute prompt for your kids, yeah. a living, breathing, in a world where, I mean, Jamie, I know Star Wars is, is right up your alley, too, but, like, this is so freaking cool. Like, is. that is an everyday. And then it gives you the answer, like a D&D campaign. You say, all right, well, tomorrow, we're going to pick up where this left off, and... It's, it's a rhetoric. It's a debate. It's a game for your kids to just lean in. It's like we do with text quest, right? There are no wrong answers. I just want to know why you said what you said. Yeah, um, we there. That's yeah, name. it's r- super cool. There's actually a thing called lasers and feelings, 
which is like a like a role playing kind of RPG game, really short form. It and was in our last podcast. Or it two. was. I'm sure you but, heard it. So yeah, but I asked it to create one in the Star Wars universe. It was amazing. It did not exactly what you were talking about, but like a different thing. And then you can tell it, okay, well, I want it set on Dagobah. Or I want, I want uh, some sort of, you know, organism to come out and, you know, pose a threat or whatever. And it's such, I mean, honestly, like for a game gamified class with a theme of any kind, really, yeah. like this could be a huge um, helper, especially if you're stuck. Right, like, especially when you're starting out, right? When you're like, I don't know, yes. like stories. I don't know. I'm just gonna because a lot of people that start gamifying don't have a story necessarily, right? And I so was, it just makes it more interesting what you do. Call. So we were on a call with um, some teachers uh, through the EMC community, and um, it was a math teacher who had dialed in from state Arizona. Um, her name is Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. How's it going? And um, and I had never met her before, so I was really excited to just get to know what she's doing. And she was new to the gamification, new to EMC2. And she's a math teacher. Math is always yeah. very hard because there's nowhere to hide in math. Like, you know, if if the kids don't know algebra, they can't go to algebra 2, they can't go to trig, et cetera, et cetera. But I've often said that, like, math is the OG of project-based and problem-based mm. learning. Mm-hmm. You know, a train is going this way at X miles. A train is going this way at Y miles. And you have to calculate the difference between them. I was like, just just generate a fictional scenario where... The Super Bowl is coming to Arizona, where, where, her, where she's teaching at. If you're doing a thing about ratios or proportions, imagine a zombie outbreak is infecting uh, the, the football stadium. If it infects at a rate of X per hour, how long will it take to infect the stadium, right? And then you just run those numbers. And then you go to Dally and you say, draw me a photorealistic image of zombies attacking a football stadium. And you have now a word and a picture and a phrase and... All those kids are so in, yeah. and your story was written just by like the artificial intelligence to do it. Um, that is a very, very cool thing. Um, so I, I wanted to share that with you guys too. I, I have two more I wanted to share with you too. Um, there's a website called Summarize. I like this one. Can this one be for me? Summarize. Tech. The last one. Oh, okay. So I say the best I, one for last, guys. You are like scarecrow. I'll miss you most of all. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I only had a but uh, summarize.tech um, will take any. Um, it's powered by these open AI technology. Summarize.tech will take any YouTube video. Uh, you just cut and paste the link and it posts a summary of the video. And if you click more, it'll break it down by minute by minute timestamps. Um, everything that happens in videos of hours, two hours. So you can watch like the state of the union address, for example, the very next day with timestamps and the timestamps are hyperlinked. So where you click at the like three to five minute button, it jumps to that part in the video and then you pick up where it left off. So for wow. accessibility, for students who, wow. um, you know, may have audio processing issues, like now you can't tell me that this thing doesn't have a place in the classroom, right? Because it has immediate import. Hey guys, I'll be out for Tuesday. I need you to watch this video. Here's what the video looks like. And if you'd rather read it, it's here, right? There's two or three ways because the world doesn't care how you learned it. It wants to know what you can do with it. So I think that that I was very, very impressed with. Or if you're asking as, as questions as a, and they just want to go back to that yep. part of the video, they can then go back to the hyperlink, and it's like they don't have to rewatch the whole thing, and they're not trying to fast forward and rewind and all that stuff. Like, amazing. 100%. And then if you have, I, I mean, wonder how that, it summarizes a cat video. Oh, sorry. I wonder how it summarizes like a cat video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cat, 
Cat, cat chases uh-huh. tail. Cat f- yeah. chases invisible yeah. laser. Cat falls off. That's of, all um, I'll be doing. Yeah, so, I mean, like I don't know what that's, everybody else. That's will be all doing. you care about. We know. That's, that's um, but Scott, this was for you yes. because you uh, you have the Disney cat, magic yes. in you, man. I got to give you the, the sure. best for last. Um, if you if you head to the Google Chrome extension store, the yeah. Google store, and um, you search for Merlin, um, like the magician, mm-hmm. um, it'll be the first one that comes up, and it is a chatbot pop up. Like Clippy from oh my Microsoft gosh, Word, uh, oh way my back God. in the day. I love but it installs ChatGPT with the command M or the command M, you summon it or dismiss Ooh. it. And then any website you could ever be working on, you just have a pop up that is there right for you. So you can just ask ChatGPT right there. Oh my God. That's wow. it was for everybody, not just me, but I like it a lot. So thank you. No, you were the oh, most magical you. scarecrow. So I, I wanted to give you that one because, like, <laughs> is it actual like, Clippy? But I just saw sure. an example of, of what it does on here. And one of the things it does is when you are on Google Sheets, it tells you like formulas. You can tell it, hey, I wanted to do this. And I was sitting down uh, yesterday because I was that'd I needed, be fantastic. I was creating teams uh, for my for my classes and they were supposed to do a Bartle test. Not everybody did it and I didn't know who, so I just I needed to highlight the students that didn't do it so that I can just quickly like enter them and so I asked chat GPT and was like here's how you do it blah 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 and it worked and it's like it yeah. saved me so much time I didn't have to google anything I was like for this kind of stuff it's like you can create the create like the kind of stuff that you guys have on EMC2 like th- like the the quick check thing is it's insane the amount of work that went into this and time and formulas that I have no idea how they even like how you come up with this but yeah, creating your own version that's tailored to you. You still got to put in the work, but you just say, hey, I want this one to connect with this, and I want it to do that. You just tell it, and it creates the formulas. Fabian, for you. you've like, been talking crazy. about Matera's spreadsheet since the moment yeah. I met you, probably since you were yeah. born, I bet. But like, probably. It's, it's worth it. It's, it's, I mean, like, I, often I, mean I paid 30 bucks for it when, when EMC wasn't around yet because it's so Hey, good. we don't talk about Bruno. That was a different time. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> place. No, when, uh, sorry. I owe you 30 bucks for that. Um, like, I often joke that, you know, Michael and I together, it's like, I really do feel like it's 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 a kindred spirit, you know, like, yeah. um, finding your, your soul's counterpart in another human being. Like, it's just, that's, that's, that's Shakespeare right there. But like, there's, I'm, I'm all ideas. I'm, I go, I'm go, 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 go. I'm a dog chasing cars. Like I'm Walt Disney who wants to make everything and give it away for free. Michael is so wise and so savvy to say, if we want people to actually get use out of this and we want to do it at the level that it deserves, we need to have a curated, safe, protected space that guaranteed to run on time, guaranteed to be operational. Mm-hmm. So that teachers can find it and enjoy it for generations. I think we've been very great to do it. So the type of, I mean, like the sheer amount of legwork he puts into those spreadsheets. Yeah, um, that's great. Because again, like it helps teachers do, and like that's what all of these conversations are about. It's helping you get back the time to do the higher order thinking, the autonomy, right? Let's outsource some of that lower stuff. Let's outsource some of that rote stuff. Let's outsource some of that grunt work that we all had to suffer through and say, wait, I can spend more time engaging and inspiring. Yeah, I want that. And then my kids will be happier in my class and they'll want to come back and we won't waste their time with the, look, you still have to teach them how to spell, how to read, write, speak, and present. But now there's no excuse not to have the essay part written. So it's not a fear. It's not a, a stumbling block. Yeah. And they've had a more reason to join in. You know, for my special education students, I'm pivoting. Um, for my special education students, a lot of um, 
what I have for them is like, are you willing to engage and read and pull out information? So I really liked how you were like, oh, use ChatGPT as the first rough draft. Because then my students are still having to dive deeper into what it's saying, understanding what it's saying, maybe even using, based on what we've learned in class so far, you know, or, or the reasons we've come up with for whatever the argument is or whatever, uh, you know, what would you add? What would you take away? You know, that, that, that's, that's pretty smart. You're a pretty smart guy. Are you using, You're um, not the average bearer, if, if I dare say. <laughs> yeah. Are you using New ZLA stuff? Uh, I do. Not all the time because mm, it's just not like you have to pick and choose, so I don't use it all the time. But I do use it. Yeah. I just, but ChatGPT is a free version yeah. of New, yeah. New ZLA, right? Yeah. Copy and paste this text in there and say, can you make this more accessible to yeah. a fifth grader? Can you make this more accessible to a third grader? Now make it accessible to a 12th grader. Remove the following words so they can learn vocabulary. Exactly. Like, it's insane. It yeah. Is. What I learned early on. It's such a great tool. And I'm still learning as I'm refining each of my lessons from time to time is that like I keep using big words that like are way over the head of my students. I'm like, oh, why did I do that? I was retyping something today and just making it more accessible. And I should have just thrown it in chat GPT and said third grade level uh, because so many of my students read at least two grade levels below. Um, but I don't want to do that because I just feel like then I'm like catering to third grade and I don't want to do that either. And so uh, I was just retyping it and just going, ah, why did I use that word? Like it's so much simpler if I just choose this word. And so it's just, it's part of that refining process. But if I had put it in chat GPT, I bet you they would have given me a bunch of ideas of what I could have, how I could have worded it. So can I push you guys? Because I know like we're short on time and I want to honor it. Dude, who are listening to like, if we go all in and we've kind of been whole hog for we love it, we love it, we love it, it's great. You know, Aristotle says like the unexamined life is not worth living. I'm sure there's someone out there in TV land who's saying, oh, they did not, you know, they are so in drinking the Kool-Aid. They missed the boat on yeah. X, Y, and Z. Like, can we give a little space and airtime to valid concerns that hardworking teachers, and this is not to blame or shame anybody, because the same teachers who would complain that this is like a problem, don't hate the kids. We need to make it very clear that they're not trying to just play the bad guy. Yeah. So, like, can we give can we give sure. you know, some th- some thinking points or points that maybe well, for me it's not group think because I don't even like any of you. So it's not because you guys <laughs> agree that I agree. I just just want to make that clear. Uh, no, you know you you brought up and it was very quick. You brought a spell check, and I remember that debate because I was in school at the time. Like I remember how what a problem spell check was gonna be, and then and then once Google Docs moved to spell checking everything, and and what an issue that was gonna be, right? And so, mm-hmm. uh, it, I I feel like the concerns are real because that was a real concern, and it took time and energy to figure out how to overcome that concern from a. Uh, I mean, I wasn't a teacher obviously then, but to overcome that, and so I kind of imagine. That's what will happen here. It'll get refined over the process and, and strategies will be formed and ways to help students with spelling uh, you know, or whatever it is will, will eventually form that make a lot of sense, just like you explained how you would do writing an essay. It's just going to take time. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard to come up with something, especially when you're so convinced this is like the next big thing right it's hard to to put on the ian malcolm face in jurassic park with like when he says you guys were so busy thinking about whether you could and you forgot to think about whether you should Mm. right and so it's i do see 
those criticisms that teachers have for sure. I, I've always been at a point where I'm like, I'm just going to try things because I, I just, I'm, I like to innovate. I like to do things. Right. So I'm, I'm always very quick to just be like, ah, whatever, we'll figure it out. But I do think like sitting down and be like, okay, so what are the things that are a problem here? I think is really important. And I think that, um, one of the things that we could see is that teachers are going to be like, yeah, students don't have to learn to write anymore. Kind of like what you were saying with like the spell checking thing, right? Students are not going to be able to write anymore because they're just going to type in what they want and it's going to create it for them. And that is just one of the things where I'm like, yeah, you're right. That, that could happen if we're not careful, right? And if we're, we don't pivot as teachers. Um, but that fear is legit. Right. I like, feel like I, we the, just, oh, go ahead. We, we just got a, um, my son just got a, a three by three Rubik's cube today for the very first time. It's like, he's like, I want to know how to do this. And the first thing I did was showed him people that can do it in like four seconds, like on YouTube, like literally four seconds to do it. And my wife was like, why are you going on the internet? The first thing you do is go on the internet and show him how to cheat on this thing. And he's right. Right? It's like oh, your wife's the best. I should. I love your wife. I should. I mean, I did explain to him how it works, right, and how to move it and stuff. But the 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 thing about Rubik's cube is that you're it's a puzzle, and you're supposed to figure it out. It's like it's supposed to be hard, right? And it's kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, she's right. She's much smarter than me, clearly, and um, I should take more time to sit down with her and be like, okay, let's try this together. It's just like I'm gonna take your hand. I'm going to show how it works. Show me to com complete the first thing for me, right? Before we go on the internet, before we check anything, before we can see how everybody else can do it in four seconds, like I slow it down. And I think that's, that's one of those things, those lessons that we need to learn is like, okay, let's slow it down. Like use it, learn it, know how to use it, but let's focus on the things that the kids need. Shift the teaching, but... Um, keep that in the back of your mind with same conversations happening with uh i call it dolly what'd you call it dally dally i think i call i call it yeah, dolly, sure. whatever i mean yeah uh, like like I'm the right. sheep the clone yeah. sheep i think that's what i think dolly. that was the idea that's dolly. Dolly. i don't the know the artist oh, it was like salvador dolly. Dolly. Yeah. Dolly. Yeah, dolly. anyway uh, I, we, uh, we digress but the same thing is happening there where <laughs> you say jiff also <laughs> You know, does. you yeah. don't have to look at like John. We've yeah, been does. together so long. I know the, your looks now. You don't have to look at me like that. <laughs> um, so same things happening there with artists saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like now, anybody mm -hmm. uh, I, I see often in my feed uh, that one person that made the kids, they made a kids book out of using Dolly and I think ChatGPT and 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 people are crying foul. Well. It, Okay, I, I see that. It takes a lot of creative energy and skill to do what they were doing. And now it takes the, – the innovation is driving a lot of that creation now. And I could see how that would be problematic. It doesn't bother me. I don't know how they're doing the the checking if it's a chat GPT or not. But that doesn't – that kind of makes sense too. Like even – even if they're using it, an, an informed teacher that knows they're using it can then help be a better teacher to that student. I don't know if you just cry, oh, they're cheating, chat GBT. But, but knowing, being informed on it doesn't bother me at all. I, I don't mind that someone's creating that side of it either to kind of create some hey, boundaries. Fabian, I, I think you said it really, really beautifully, the idea that like 
you know, that Ian Malcolm quote, right? Yeah. Spend so much time thinking about whether you could, you didn't think about whether you should. I do believe that we are adults. All of us have at least one or two degrees underneath our names. Or, you know, like that's important to remember that we have the forgetting curve, which is really mm-hmm. high. Like because we've 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 learned the rules, so we can break the rules. Mm-hmm. The average kid is not thinking this can make my writing better. They're thinking now I don't have to write anymore. Yeah. And I think that you know, in designing resources, Michael and I always use that line from the United States military that slow is smooth, and smooth is fast. Really, again, being intentional about modeling that process of guys. We do agree that we can have a machine write for us anything. I used to get graded on my ability to write a bibliography in alphabetical order. How stupid was that? How much wasted time? I had to memorize the card catalog in each section. Mm -hmm. It quizzed on it. But like, now we don't have to do that anymore. But this fundamental act of writing is the fundamental act of communicating, whether it's written or oral or spoken or, you know, shared. And you want to have your voice heard. So be a good reader of what's here and tell me, does that sound good enough? Is there a gooder way to make this in? And like, as I work with teachers, like to really encourage that to be a part of the process and the dialogue, because the second you make it taboo, that's the first thing every kid's going to want to use. And then it's a game of, do you know that I know that you know, and it's this adversarial stuff. Like I didn't get into teaching to be the bad guy. I got into inspire, to engage, to push, to motivate, to prod, to think. And if we're not careful, we spend more time doing the police work Police don't like doing police work. Like they wish they could just do the protecting and serving that is their job, not the going and cleaning up the messes that other people have made. So yeah. I want to I want to speak that way too. I think it's important. Well, and and one final thing I think too is the whole idea of like, you know, the way that we kind of grow mm-hmm. our brains and stretch ourselves is to kind of get into that rut and get and find that um, kind of creative struggle, right? The writer's block and overcoming that. There is, you know, you need you need to use a lot of brain power in your own personal creativity and maybe there is a fear you know like what you were saying Scott like with an artist or writers like essentially just in seconds creating this thing where they're not having to go through that struggle and and you know um, access that skill and and use those skills with the same thing with um, creating and writing and all of that like if you're using like this AI you know are you really stretching your brain as much as it could be stretched and so maybe that's a fear I like how we ended on a downer that's pretty awesome I know fantastic (laughs) anything else that we don't that we don't like that we want to talk about right now play the whole thing backwards yeah and and then this is like it ends what's helped what's helped me throughout the pro oh go ahead what about the the robot robot uprising i mean last time we did talk about that i robot yeah yeah the the chat gpt is gonna like just takes one like oh yeah that's right we didn't end on online yep what's helped me through this episode is counting every time john quotes somebody else because I'm fairly certain you just sit at home memorizing quotes. It's kind of fantastic. Yeah, you're, you're, that's fantastic. I, I tried to write down. No life know, and no friends. I'm great yeah, at parties, guys. That's fantastic. <laughs> I wonder if I could chat GPT, like, give me the top ten quotes from John Meehan, and then he can look you up and then give me your top ten quotes. That would be interesting. I think that's. I know what to come back for. Now, yeah, yep. 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 <laughs> okay. 
Uh, Fabian will probably do it because he has that time. All right, do we want to? I uh, do. I have nothing else. Do we have to anything do. else for our wonderful, <laughs> wonderful? Board games. Uh, yeah. Do we want? Okay, let's do it. Okay, so let's end it on like a end it uh, on a happy note. How about after note. I say my game, we can talk about all the reasons it's wrong. Um, okay, so I play a game <laughs> in my class. You shouldn't play it. Uh, special education. Uh, I like quick ninety-second rounds tops. Uh, I don't usually bog them down in big board games. I do like the ones where everyone has like a, 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 a like a game card and they write something down and they have to like compare and work together things like that. But this game is called Word Around. Word dash a dash around or wait. Mm-hmm. Word dash a dash dash round, not around. That'd be confusing. Uh, but what it is is three circles, and it's a blue in the middle, a red circle, and a black circle. And each circle has a word in it. So it, it either writes it like clockwise or counterclockwise in order, whatever the word is. And your brain has to not unscramble it, but figure out which letter in that circle starts the word and then work both ways. So you start with you know, the N, and you go, well, no, nah, that doesn't make sense. That couldn't be a word, and you keep going, and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I know what it is. It's computer. And, like, you see all these aha moments where they're like, oh, I got it. And uh, I speak, I, I think I said this last podcast. I'm sure, John, you heard it. Um, but it was about uh, activating your brain. I use that phrase a lot these days. I'm like, okay, I know whatever's gone on in school today. Typically, we're like, I know what's gone on at home is really hard, you know, but we're here at school now. Sometimes I'm like, like today I was like, I know the rest of your day may not have been the greatest, but you're in my class now. <laughs> here we go, right? Let's let's activate your learning and get you ready for your period. And um, yeah. and so Word Around is one of those games uh, because there's three colors, so you have to be able to focus on the color you're looking at, and then you have to really go letter by letter trying to figure it out. And when you get it, you feel or they feel so successful and. I can just display it on my screen, and they can. Mm-hmm. What I had, I just a Google form called Word Around, and they just put in what the word is, and it, I just look up whoever turned it in the quickest, right? Gets mm-hmm. a point for that round, and then we move on. And those are quick, easy, fun, cool. and really like a student in my class typically doesn't get their brain activated first before we start digging into content. This one yeah. really does it every time. They're like clamoring for more, which I know is a good sign. That's a really good sign. Yeah. Word around. Can I buy this game, Scott? Like if I just buy it like on the internet? You can. Uh, Yeah. I just get a small commission. It's not that large. It's like 50%. Yeah. No, you just. uh, No. He's got his Amazon storefront so you can get a little piece of the pie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clear my. And tell us Clear my list, please. (laughs) Um, No. uh, Let's see. Uh, Yeah. So I. Yeah. You just go on Amazon. Just search word around. And uh, I found it there. It's just one of those go-tos for me now that students are like, oh, like I have a few games we've talked about on the cl- on the pod, like Color Brain. Uh, this is like that. They're just like, oh, can we play? Is today the day? Can we do it? And then I'm like not planning on it. Sometimes I'm like, sure, let's do it. Clearly they need something. So, yeah, 10 minutes of my period to, to get them engaged get them and bought yeah, in. Let's do ready. it. And Word Around does that. So that's, that's what I'm really saying. Cool. That's my story. Good choice. Yeah. Well, John Meehan, you old so and so. We're so glad that you came on and uh, we're part of the conversation. I think we're all better for it. Yeah, it's it's an honor to hang. I, mean, like, I apologize it's so late here on the East Coast for anybody who's still awake and listening. Thank you again for uh, dialing. <laughs> yep. We don't broadcast live, right? Do we? Because there's sure we do. No, yeah. wait. No, we don't. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
John, everything I that John says is just going to be a long beep. <laughs> yeah. With all you the know what we'll do? Spikes. It will load it into the YouTube summary summarize.tech, and then you can read the summary. Yeah. It'll, it'll yeah. work. Yeah. You know what? You, you should take this whole thing. I don't know if you have the video. Load it into YouTube just to see what it is. And then I'm curious what summarize tech will say. Oh, that's a good idea. I'll, I'll upload it. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I didn't, I, I'm, I'm wearing pants. We're good. <laughs> Okay. Here, well, you, you are. Heard, you heard it here. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That one of us. Right, well, it is a pleasure to have you. We all really, really enjoy you have, being a part of the Rebel Teacher Alliance family. So thanks for being here. Every, any, all right. Check day. us out. Oh, how do they find you? Not that they don't know, but how do they find I'm you? I'm on, before Twitter burns down, I'm on Twitter at edu. I'm also on LinkedIn and the rest of them post Mastodon or whatever else there is. Uh, and the website is emc2learning.com. Yep. Uh, hit me up. Right yep. And you find and us, rebelteacheralliance.com and at And our other side pod launched today, the Edu Protocols oh, yeah. podcast. So it check yeah. it out. It is out I mean, I currently. Out. It wow. came out today. <laughs> and so you can find it on your favorite podcatcher. Yep. yep. You guys getting kickbacks for that one too? Of course. Totally. <laughs> What's like a kickback? Wait a minute. Kick. We're supposed to get kickbacks? Don't say anything. Hey, what well, I wasn't, I Scott's may have missed. I was ChatGPT during that meeting. Oh, man, now we have to have a conversation. <laughs> oh, okay. man. I would like All to right. see our memorandum. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye